The Benefits of Church Camp. This is episode 117 of Church and Maine. Hello and welcome to Church in Maine, the podcast that is at the intersection of faith and modern life. And I'm Dennis Sanders, your host. Well, this is the week of Thanksgiving, and it's my favorite holiday. But like many of you, I'm busy trying to get a lot of things ready ahead of time, um, trying to plan for worship and get bulletins printed so that I can uh, relax on Thursday and Friday. Um Just a reminder that I hope that you uh, try to take some time to rest this holiday week. Um, Make sure that you have time to enjoy this holiday. So when I moved to uh, Minnesota in the late 1990s to start seminary, one of the things that amazed me um, was the emphasis that was placed on camp ministry. I saw that among my uh, Lutheran classmates. I went to Luther Seminary in St. Paul, and they would speak in many ways about how, in many ways, the decision to pursue a call to church ministry came primarily because of church camp. Um, Even within my own denomination, the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, my region, uh, the Christian Church in the Upper Midwest, their camp ministry is strong and it's popular. And it is also, um, has probably produced a lot of future um, ministers and, and other church leaders. Now, I went to, ch- uh, to church camp a time or two when I was a kid, but camp for me was never as formative an experience um, But what I've learned over the years is that it is incredibly important to the lives of many people, both young and old. And there is evidence actually out there that kids that feel the impact of church camp long after the campfires go out. According to the Effective Church Camp Research Project, a survey of a thousand campers and 300 parents showed Yes, there is a temporary camp high, but there are also positive long-term effects as well. And that includes uh, seeing the relevance of faith in everyday life and increased interest in spiritual practices like Bible study and church attendance. So today I'm talking with Jared Rendell. Uh, Jared is the Director of Communication and Innovation at Sacred Playgrounds. And Sega Playgrounds is kind of a think tank and slash research and development organization geared towards camp ministry. Jared is also um, a communication and web consultant, a musician, and he is also the host of the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. So I hope that you will uh, join me in listening to this engaging conversation as we talk about the future the importance, and the future of camp ministry. Let's listen as we talk to Jared Wendell. 
Well, Jared, uh, thanks for taking the time to join me on this podcast. No problem. Glad to be here. Um, I think the first thing to start off is to tell me a little bit about Sacred Playgrounds, what it's all about, and um, your role there. Sure. Yeah, happy to. So Sacred Playgrounds um, has has been around now for five, six years. Um, it it kind of came out of a of a doctoral thesis for um, for Jake, who is uh, Jake Sorensen is the other is kind of the other person who is most heavily involved. And so he's doing it full time. Uh, I have been part of it kind of since the beginning there, initially doing some, you know, some projects and things, designing the website, designing some of the logos and branding and, and helping out with, with projects here and there. Um, but the base of it came out of his doctoral thesis, um, which was around getting a base of research around outdoor ministry. Cause there's been research around, there's been research around youth ministry. There's, you know, tons of research around congregational ministry and, and all of these things, but this is a, a niche that is really big. And there are lots and lots of one connections to other ministries. And, and two, there are lots of people going to camp around the country and the world. And, but there wasn't really any good base of, of research. Some from like the American camp association that was doing some overall things, but in this faith-based focused camp, there wasn't really some good research. And so that's what mm. it was was based out of asking the question, what um, what's effective about these typically week-long summer camp experiences? Do they do they work? Are they getting to where we want them to, to go? And what does it take to, to get them there? So that was the base. And so the effective camp research project laid foundation. And then it's been building since then. <clears throat> right. So Sacred Playgrounds, the idea behind that name is that these spaces, like camps and the connected ministries around them are are sacred spaces, chances for faith formation, where we learn things, especially experientially learn things. And so these are sacred spaces. And at the same time, they're playgrounds to have fun and and learn things together and enjoy things together and be incredibly relational together. Um, so that's a bit of where the, the name Sacred Playgrounds come. Jake lays that out in the book. He wrote a book that gives this foundation called Sacred Playgrounds. So, uh, <clears throat> so the book... Uh, lays, you know, lay some of that out. And so then it's been building from there as, as we started to do some, some more research to learn some more things and, and more and more camps started to connect and want to learn more about their people, their campers and their, their parents, especially. Um, and then some of their other, you know, their other audience as well. And so, so that has been a big part of it. And then there have been a couple other projects that have come alongside that are, that are connected to like the camp to congregation project, um, which is about day camps and these mm-hmm. traveling day camps where camp groups go out and they work with churches directly. And then another one we did with the, with the ELCA um, called the camp and church leadership project, which was about learning some about uh, call and clergy and influences on, on call and the connections with summer camp there. So there've been a few big projects and I, uh, and now we are at a spot where we're figuring out what's next, what the best way to connect with and serve camps and help them thrive is. Because that's the point. We want to help camp thrive. We know it's an important ministry. The research says it's an important ministry in the context of of and connected with other ministries. And so uh, so it's important. And we want to help camps thrive and, and do really well. How would you define um, outdoor ministry? Yeah, good question, right? So the that that bucket generally refers to Camps, conference centers, retreat centers, uh, things like that. These organizations that uh, are almost always kind of you're coming to a place, you're coming to you know to some kind of site, whether that's actually a, a wilderness site or an experience 
like that, but there are camps in the middle of cities, right? There, there are urban camp experiences, things like that. Um, so, uh, but generally they, they are centered outdoors. Um, you are, are taking that chance to get outside and be in nature and connect with creation, uh, as at least an important part of, of those experiences, uh, in that bucket. And, um, they are, they are a faith centered thing. And these all end up kind of giving foundation for the main findings in that, in that effective camp project. So I, to answer the question I didn't yet, what my role is at sacred playgrounds. Mm -hmm. So officially my title is director of uh, communications and innovation. So our communications things fall under my bucket. You know, I continue to pay attention to our website and our social media spaces and how we are using the things we're learning, using the data, using the numbers we're gathering to tell stories. And uh, those are all spaces that we tell those stories. And so, uh, so our communications things and our design things and, and all of that falls under my bucket. And then we also work together to um, see what's next, to innovate some new things to create some new projects to create new partnerships and and figure out the next steps for our our organization and outdoor ministry overall so i'm kind of curious what is your story when it comes to camp ministry how did you sure. um did you grow up with it and, and if so what impact did it have on your life good question I've been a I've been a camp nerd for a long time, <laughs> or or we w- we would call it camp enthusiast in in some of the research. That's the term that uh, that has come up. So yeah, I was a camp kid growing up. Um, I I went to went to a camp that was you know an hour hour and a half from from Bismarck where I grew up, and we yeah so starting in I think first grade probably, uh, I went to camp and loved it. Loved it, loved it. Went to one, um, had really great experience. I ended up, you know, around high school, went to a different camp, um, in Northeastern North Dakota. And that ended up being the one that I worked at every summer during college. So like, like lots, I spent my college summers out, uh, as a, as a counselor and eventually program leader at, uh, at a camp and, mm-hmm. and loved it. Had a great experience. I would end my, end my college year up there. And then I would head out to camp for the summer right away. So I did that every summer during college. And then um, my first job right out of college actually was kind of a, and there are a handful of camps do this where um, one of the roles will be someone who works both at camp and at a local church. And that's just a partnership that's created there. So I had a job like that. So I was, I was a youth leader. It's kind of the youth director at a, at a local church in um, the town that camp was closest to. And then I lived and also worked full time year round at, at camp as well. So and just did kind of both of those roles, mostly, mostly centered during the summer. Of course, I was on site at camp and doing lots then and during the year, a little more time at the church, but crossover mm-hmm. with both. So it's been in there for a long time. Um, and even when I've had different roles over the years, I've stayed connected with camp in various ways, whether that was, you know, some volunteering or joining a couple of strategic planning committees or, or things like that. And, and I always knew whether it was, really back on site at a particular camp or, or something else creative that camp was going to come back around. And so this opportunity to sacred playgrounds that was just slowly, slowly building um, is a big blessing. And all of these different experiences, camp and other kinds of uh, job experiences and, and vocation experiences that I've had have led to um, have led to this. So it's a really good fit for uh, who I am, how I like working and, and being, being able to stay connected with this ministry that I'm incredibly enthusiastic about. 
So you talked about this, uh, about camp effectiveness. How has it been effective, especially in the lives of kids? What what does it do and what does it do basically as, especially as they get older and become adults? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the, like I said, the foundational kind of research project that we then are also basing other things on is this project called the effective camp research project. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Jake and a handful of others of us who, who did you know, some work around it um, were, I uh, created this project and, and that was the idea is get this base of what makes camp effective, asking the question, do these week-long Christian summer camp experiences have an impact? And, and the quick version is the data says yes. The data says, yeah, um, camp is, is effective from, from a standpoint of its, its ministry goals. And it's particularly effective when there are these five elements. And so these are like, we call them the five fundamentals of effective camp. Uh, and the, the quick of those is when these five things come together, um, camp is effective. Camp has both short and long-term impacts on uh, one campers, um, their own personal uh, lives and faith, right there. And, and faith is part of it, but they also show things like they grow in self-confidence. They try new things. They, um, their social, you know, their, their ability to connect socially. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are a few of the things that the data says uh, increase when they have positive camp experiences. So, um, the other, the other thing that's interesting, and I'll, I'll tell you these five fundamentals in a second, but we have seen impact outside of those individuals too. Um, the, the, the data is telling a story about impact on families and, right. And this is what we're trying to do. Every, everybody wants, whether it's a church experience or a camp experience, we want faith to go home. We know there's lots of other research that says, Faith is formed at home, whether you like it or not, one way or the other, our, our faith is formed most heavily in the home. And so, uh, so we know we want these, these other experiences to go back and forth from our homes, from our individual family lives. And so, um, the data showing impact on families too, where, um, where things like they start praying at meals more often and they talk about faith together more often. And, uh, they, they pray at night and, and things like that. Some of these foundational faith practices, we see them start to increase when there's a positive camp experience. Because part of how we do that, we do the research, like we do, you know, we ask some questions bef- before camp. We ask some questions right after they leave camp, like on the way out. And then a number, a couple of months later, we ask, we ask again. And so, and keep gathering all those stories and that, and that data. And so that's what it's showing. It's showing impacts beyond just the sort of camp high that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that happens sometimes at, you know, youth retreats or camp retreats, there's this high that happens and, oh, this is so amazing. And, um, but then it dwindles quick, right? That can be a thing. The debt is showing that, yeah, there's some, you know, there's certain, you know, some fallout as we return to regular life, but, but outdoor ministry experiences are having longer impact than just that camp high. So, mm. so it comes together when these five things are together. And the, the, the quick version of those is that camp is, uh, effective when it's when it's highly relational, um, so that's one fundamental one. Camp is relational. Um, it, it the whole camp experience is framed in these really important relationships with these these kind of three levels of groups. Um, their cabin, which means they're you know with their other cabin group, uh, usually their relationship with their individual counselor, and then also the the larger just you know the whole group of folks at camp. Um, 
So it's it's set in these layers of relational experiences, and that's really important. That makes a big impact on how they feel about camp and the impact that it has on them. Um, the relationality there is really important. So, I, so that's one. Two, camp is participatory. Um, mm-hmm. It it emphasizes experience and agency, and they're learning with a variety of learning styles. Right? They're they're doing things, they're hearing things, they're seeing things. Um, when, when camp is intentionally participatory, they get to, you know, be help choose what they're going to do. They get to help, um, you know, navigate their own, their own experience and it's highly experiential. Their, their kind of learning is that makes the camp experience effective three unplugged from home. And that unplugged word is interesting because that unplugged from home is, is a couple things. One, it's, um, it's a set apart place. It's a, it's a unique experience that is not the same as their regular life. And getting out of our regular life experience is really important for growth in particular. We often, our growth, camp or otherwise, happens in these set-apart experiences from our regular norm. And that's that's true. It's showing. That's true about, about camp. Um, the, other, the other piece of being unplugged that matters right now is being unplugged from literally from technology. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and of course, there are camps using different, you know, different technologies really effectively. But from those those kids being unplugged from from a near constant screen that they've got these days um, is important. And interestingly, I mean, one overwhelmingly parents, right? The overall um, more than ninety six percent of parents say camp is a place to unplug from technology. The thing that's interesting though is the kids especially like when they come in, they, they think it's going to be really hard. Like we ask a question, is it going to be hard for you to stay away from technology this week? And they, at the beginning of the week, they think it's going to be so hard and tons of tons after are are saying at the end of the week, Oh wait, that isn't as hard as I thought. And even seeing some of that impact, I'm on, I'm on that kind of thing a little less, um, you know, kind of long-term. And so that unplugged word is interesting. One, it's set apart, but two, it's also unplugged from things like the regular access to technology and the campers appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, so that's three, um, four, it's safe. It's a safe place, um, for them to be who they are. And, uh, that's really important. Um, cause one, not everybody's home environment is a safe place or school environment is a safe place. Uh, and so they end up kind of getting hugged in this safe zone, um, where, where they can be who they are. And so of course that means their kind of physical safety, but also their emotional and their spiritual safety. And so, and we see that of course, when there's a breakdown in that, that which happens in any of any experience camp included, that is when a negative experience is hard. Right. And, and the parents in particular really say two things at the, at the end of the week, if their camper is smiling and their camper is safe, right. If they're happy and safe, the parents happy with that camp experience. Um, and so, so that's important that camp is a safe place. And then the last one that it's faith centered. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the more they get to interpret all these experiences through a faith lens, the better and the more impact, um, they're able to do that same kind of thing when they go home, they're able to do that same kind of interpretation, that same kind of look through at the way home. So, so those are the five fundamentals. When those things come together, um, that is showing these camp and camp like experiences are, are most effective. So one of the things that I think we tend to think of as camp, and you kind of brought this up as camp and camp like experiences is Mm -hmm. that camp is that you're going to go someplace to a campground. Um, 
to do this and it's going to be for a certain amount of time for a week or, or something. Is that the one, the only way of camp or, or is it in this day and age more diverse ways of, of having camp experience? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Good question. Of of course. Right. There is, um, there are absolutely different kinds of different kinds of camp experiences. Um, like I said there, you know, there are camps that are doing, that are in the middle of cities and they're doing really great urban work. And those, those might, so a lot of those might look like, um, kind of a, you know, a day camp, a vacation Bible school of, of sorts where, um, where some of those, even most of those, you know, effective camp fundamentals still come together, but it's not necessarily this, this wilderness environment in a cabin or in a tent or in a, in a something like that. So, so no, um, there's a, there's a diversity in those, in those experiences. Um, a lot of, even within a camp, a lot of camps will have a couple of ways of, of engaging, right? They're, they're kind of standard week long, uh, typically week long camp is an important part of it. Um, in large part, cause that it seems to be what parents and families are still looking for mm-hmm. you know, post we've been talking, you know, on our, on our sacred playgrounds podcast lately post pandemic, lots of churches are are doing this and camps. And we have this, like, we see that everything changed and everything is different. So we need to completely rethink how we do everything. And of course there is innovation to happen. And what we're seeing now as, as we get, you know, a, a summer and two summers in is that the, the basic foundation of, of these camp experiences is what families are still looking for. So they don't necessarily need to completely rethink how we do camp. They need to be who they are and be who they are really well. And so these week long with all those fundamentals together experiences are still really important and, and will, I think still be, be a a main foundation of how it happens. And most camps have multiple, multiple facets of that. A big part of that for lots is, um, is year round ministry is, is usually retreat weekend retreat kind of ministry year round. And a lot of those have, um, are adult focused and whether that's like experiential, like a craft retreat or, or, um, you know, a women's retreat, men's retreat, et cetera. These, these different kinds of retreats for different groups, adults there, but, but kids too. My favorite, my favorite retreat was our new year's Eve retreat with high school students loved worshiping in the new year with, with those high school students. And so, um, so part of it is there's lots and lots of them have, across denominations, across, you know, mainline and evangelical and all the above have, um, have some kind of year round experience happening. So, so that's one too. Um, I mentioned this day camp thing and, and not all are doing this, but there's, there's also, um, ministries like day camps, traveling day camps. Um, some of them call them VBS. And, and so where teams of, of, uh, these college students usually will go out and, uh, kind of put on this day camp. Um, as part of the congregational ministry. So those connections are continually really important. And so, yeah, there are, there are different kinds, there are different, there are different ways. And between that and just the settings, right, we've got, you've got camps in every multiple in every state and, and the kinds of things, the kinds of experiences they have are really diverse, right? Whether they are on the water or they are, um, they have horses out on ranches or whether they, whatever it might be. And so we've got, you know, different kinds of experiences. Um, adventure camps are, you know, are still, are still going strong, whether they're, you know, they're up in the boundary waters paddling around in, in a canoe um, or, uh, you know, taking, you know, taking 
hiking trips or, or things like that. Some of those adventure things are still, you know, are still really popular. And so, yeah, lots of, there's lots of different ways to camp. There's lots of different ways to engage these ministries. And a lot of them have multiple types of experiences on purpose. One of the things that, um, because I, in my role, um, I'm on the, um, board for my region or what kind in my denomination's mm-hmm. the equivalent of a synod. Um, and one of the things that I remember hearing during the time of COVID was the challenge because of our region, we have our, our, our camp ministry is a very big, important ministry is how much they had to be innovative, uh, during COVID. Um, obviously the first year was, in some ways things weren't happening, but then the second year they also had to be um, even when the vaccines were out kind of Mm -hmm. figuring that out. Um, What has been your experience and kind of hearing about how did camp ministry kind of really maneuver through COVID um, and in some ways, you know, still Mm -hmm. maneuvering through COVID. Yeah. Yeah, they are for sure. Lots still had, you know, protocols and things in place this last summer of 22, Things were still in place. Um, most uh, most either shut down completely um, in summer of twenty, or um, there was actually a lot that hired, like they hired a small amount of staff um, mm-hmm. where they could separate those staff and uh, do all they could for safety of those staff, and they used it as kind of a work summer. Um, so that was interesting to see. There's an example of one they they did a bunch of work. They got a ton of projects done. Um, they they didn't for the most part feel safe or their local area wouldn't allow gatherings um, of that kind and that, and that big. So a lot shut down either completely or pretty close to completely in 20. Um, a, a, a few went and, you know, a few still happened and, um, but not many. 21 got, got closer. There was, there were a few that, you know, there were a few in the big umbrella that were still shut down in 21 um, for one reason or another. Um, but lots had a, had a modified summer in 21 where they, they often did a few things. One, they ran a few less camps. It was just a little less, you know, a little less busy. And, and then they put a bunch of things in place during that, that summer to um, whether it was masking and, and, you know, distancing and keeping groups isolated in particular was a big strategy for a lot of them where they were keeping cabin groups less, less mixed and more and more together. And that was true for, other kinds of focused camping, these faith-based camping, but like scout camps were doing that. And, and lots of other, other kinds were finding ways to, um, to still offer some, some experiences because they're the experiential nature of, of these things. We talked about that in the effective camp part. It is really hard to have a, to have a digital experience with this kinds of, uh, of things. And they Mm -hmm. did that kind of connecting, right? They did that kind of connecting. They did digital campfires throughout the winter, um, where they were logging on and they would at camp, they're playing some music and, and people are joining from, from wherever. And, uh, there were other creative things like that, that happened, like lots of churches pivoted to, to similar things. So camps found a way to, um, usually try to stay connected to their communities, to their families and, uh, and things like that. But the in-person experiences, yeah, big time had to change. So those modifications happened in 21. Most were pretty close to normal in 22, um, where they, they didn't, they didn't have big, you know, protocols in place, uh, other than if someone becomes symptomatic, what do they do? 
and, mm-hmm. and what that like from a communication standpoint to parents to, you know, what are the, what are the camp, you know, nurses or medical uh, staff do. So, um, so most were pretty close to normal in 22. Um, but yeah, they, they, they found ways that that summer of 21 was the big one where they, where it, it looked different. Mm-hmm. Um, they were still trying to capture those, those experiences as best they could, but had to put, you know, had to put things in place. Those were some of the common things, group isolation, um, masking indoors, uh, and, and things like that were, were some pivots that they made. Um, so they, they came through for the most part. There weren't a lot of, of this, they fell off a cliff and, and shut down. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that was, if that was the case for camps that might've, might've shut down over this time, they were sort of trending that direction anyway. Um, and things like that. So there wasn't this massive fall off. They found a way, they found a way to, to operate and their donors and supporters uh, stepped up when they needed them, when there wasn't camp summer, summer camp revenue coming in uh, at the same pace. Um, they, they stepped up and, and most kind of survived or found a way to be creative. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I've noticed and um, about camp ministry, when I uh, coming from Michigan, there was things such as camp ministry, but it wasn't really until I moved to Minnesota, um, and especially when I went to seminary, learning about camp ministry through um, Lutherans and then through my own denomination. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems like sometimes camp ministry has a reputation as being not diverse. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily true. But that's kind of the image. Um, sure. What do you? What is kind of the reality? How um, how does camping reflect or don't reflect uh, the wider society? Yeah, good, good question. Um, because it it is a it is a a bit in some of those. It's a bit of a reality sometimes that. Um, any any kind of camp experience, summer camp experience, can end up um, intentionally or not, can end up being you know for those that have a little bit more money, come from a different kind of you know different part of the city and or, or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, that that was a thing. I, I the reality is, I think for the most part, lots of camps, and I'll, I'll say this at least, yeah, lots of camps match their constituencies from uh, the churches that they are connected with and the mm-hmm. communities that they're in standpoint, a lot, of, a lot of them match. And so that, that depends regionally and, uh, and things like that. Lots have at the same time, um, figured out how to, um, one, if, if there are income barriers, for example, Mm-hmm. How do they make sure their scholarship and campership programs are really strong? There have been campership programs for a long, long, long time. Yeah. And uh, so that's really good. Making sure that those are strong is a big part of of um, making that happen. More recently, there have been some more intentional initiatives in a handful of these denomination groups, right? Because lots of lots of these camps, they, they're sort of organized into their denomination groups to some extent. Um, and lots connect outside of that, but right. Lutheran outdoor ministries, LOM is an, is an organization and, um, the Christian camp and conference association, that one has a, a breath, 
Um, it, but that's a, that's a group. And the United Methodist Camp and Retreat Ministries is a, is a group. So they've got these, you know, ways that they, these associations that they, they gather together and, and a, a handful of these associations have, have done now in the last few years, intentional, right? Like, like Lutheran Outdoor Ministries got a grant, um, that for a, they call it a total inclusion is the name of the, of the program where they're taking intentional steps and there's grant money that's feeding it, um, to make sure people are, are trained well, um, mm-hmm. that they, they get the landscape and, um, they're, that they, they realize things are different and how do they, how do they help their, their camp reflect that and do some things on purpose to, um, to make sure that these different points of, of where, where diversity is, is real, whether that is race or whether that is, that is gender or whether that is, and how do their staff members reflect that? How do their, you know, uh, how do they talk about it? Right. Language is a big part of that. Um, all of those things. So there, there's, there've been some intentional steps. That total inclusion program is, is one example of where, or a bunch of camps have come together and they've brought those into their association conversations and the, Lutheran conference was just last week and they, they just re re upped the grant for that total inclusion program. And so I love it. I love seeing the intentionality around that. Um, now over the, over the past few years, like lots of, I, I think it's going to take some time to be honest, right? Cause lots of like lots of small nonprofits, they, they sort of need to do their base and, and things like this, they take some moving. So I think it's going to take some time, um, which is okay. Cause it's culture build, right? This is, these aren't, um, these aren't technical challenges. These are adaptive challenges that are are bigger than just a than just a quick technical fix of things. Hmm. So, do you see that um, things like urban camp or day camp as ways that could um, help to become more inclusive um, in other other methods, other ways that could sure. that are reaching out. Yeah, both and one. I mean, there's a, I, th- I, I think there is both a go to and and bring and bring to mm-hmm. uh, way of doing this because those, you know, finding ways for inner city kids or, um, you know, whatever whatever these these different groups might be who might not normally have or built into like you know their church culture or whatever it is these experiences. Um, I think there's a both end here because coming out to a, to a site like that or coming out to an adventure trip or something like that can be so formative. And that piece that, that we said, you know, set apart even physically from a space standpoint of their norm um, can make a really big impact Data, you know, the data showing and the stories, uh, the story showing that can make an impact to get them out of their normal element is an important part of camp. And mm-hmm. so sometimes that means getting them on site, getting them out in those, in those places. So I think, um, continuing to be, to be creative and, and connect with like organizations that serve those groups, um, or, uh, you know, churches that are centered in those places and, and all of that to find creative ways there is important because getting them away from their normal element really matters. And there is also a, you know, a, a go to them, a come to them, um, way of doing this. And so often that, that needs to happen through these partnerships. We, we talk a lot at Sacred Playgrounds about, about how, Camp cannot it it will not work as a standalone ministry. It has to be a partnership ministry with the other heart. These other kinds of ministries, in particular, congregational ministry, mm. right? Because that those it, it just is a hub, and so those those connections are super 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 important. Um, 
And I think there's some creativity to have with other kinds of groups and organizations that you know, may be valuable connections there. So yes, to, to your to your answer, yes, there's a way to go to them. And I think to be creative about how to get them out of their element and you know mm-hmm. come on site and go have an adventure and the, the formation there is a, is a good pathway to both and. So, so you talked a little bit about having um, the importance of kids unplugging um, during their time. Is there also a case where kids can are plugging in kind of creative, creatively, basically using social media um, in camp ministry? Um, has has there been ways of kind of putting those things together so that it's not simply just consuming the information, but also using the where you are to mm-hmm. kind of show what's going on? Yeah. Good question. Um, usually, uh, camps, camps that are thriving and doing well, they're using those spaces to, to mm-hmm. tell stories in particular. One of the most important things we keep hearing and it happened it, again this summer, um, is using those things to connect with parents, mm-hmm. um, in general and particularly while you're, while your kids at camp. Um, because here's the, uh, here's the, the reality is that, um, for outdoor ministry leaders, their main constituent, their the main person that they sort of serve is actually the parents. And of course, this is, you know, for lots, this is experience about these kids at camp, but um, their parents are the main, are the main ones who uh, they are connecting with. And they're the ones making these decisions about, about sending them to camp. And they're the ones who are before and, and after. And, and so they're really their main constituent. We talked about that again in the last Sacred Playgrounds podcast. And, uh, so, um, so they are, are wanting and expecting communication like that. Those kinds of spaces, social media spaces, you know, creativity and websites. I just built kind of a parent dashboard for, uh, for a camp where the parents just can have one link and they're going to come to that link and they have all of their registration information and they have pictures from camp and they have videos and they have, um, you know, updates about what's happening and, and they can just go straight to that one, that one dashboard. Cause that's the kind of thing that they're they're hoping for by far the majority of parents um, are saying uh, they don't want. It's kind of funny because you hear stories about like ah, slip the slip the, the cell phone into their kid's bag when they, when they sent them to camp. Um, what we have heard related to that is because at the same time, like I said, 90, I think it's 97% plus of, of parents. And sometimes even in the, in our, in the surveys at particular camps, it's up to 100% of parents are saying camp is a place to unplug from technology. And, uh, usually 85 plus, you know, percent of those are also saying, I don't think my kid needs a cell phone at camp. Some of them are sliding them in there because that communication has been lacking. It's not that the parents want their kids to have access to a phone or their games or their, friends or their social media accounts or whatever it is. They want to know their kid's safe. They want to know that their kid is uh, having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they feel better about being, about being connected to them. There have been some kind of creative, Hey, let's, you know, sort of use social media to tell, to tell these stories. And some camps are, have allowed, you know, uh, cell phone usage for certain chunks of time, but on the whole, they're not. And the kids appreciate it. Like I mentioned earlier. Um, do you know? Do we want those kids and their parents to tell stories like crazy after camp? 
yeah, right? Do we want to, you know, to get out into those social media spaces and with videos and images and all of that where people can hit share and they can you know, grab those images and they can share on their own things? Do we want those stories told? Absolutely. During that experience, being unplugged from those things, is it, it the data showing a valuable part that both those that are experiencing it and their parents are are grateful for? How do you think that um, camp ministry benefits that child, let's say five years down the road? Um, maybe they are going when they are 15 or 16, mm-hmm. five or 10 years later, they are in college or just starting their mm-hmm. careers. How does camp ministry make a difference? Yeah, good question. Good question. Cause that's what matters, right? That's what matters. Um, at the end of the day. So, um, so these are some of the things that we, that we've seen in that, in that effective camp project and the, you know, continued projects after that, that there is both a camp high and there is a lasting change. Um, and, and, and neither of those are bad. Both of those things are, both of those things are good. Um, we see that in some of the data, right? So we ask questions about like their, um, did they had a lot of fun at camp? Were they strengthened in their faith? Um, were they, uh, did they enjoy even things like the Bible studies and whatever else it might be? Um, coming right out of camp overall, like for example, 97% agreed that they had a lot of fun coming right out of camp. The, the, the last day there, 93% said that they were strengthened in their faith. When we get a couple of months down the road, we see those numbers dwindle a little, but they're still up at, at 87% say they had a lot of fun, right? More than 80% um, said they tried something new. For example, um, I learned more about God, more than 77%. So some of these indicators about, about these things a couple months after are still are still happening. And a lot of these then, a lot of these camps we've we've asked again. Um, and some of this is has you know come up in other ways. So I so there are these buckets. Like I said, there's this camp high bucket, and that is showing things like right after camp, um, on their way out, um, there is increased positivity. There is more interest in participating in worship, um, in worship services and things like that. When they go home, um, there is, uh, an increase in, in participatory learning, um, and what we kind of call vertical faith, right? They learn some things, this like cognitive belief there, this, this vertical faith. I learned more about God right? During this week that, you know, that comes off high. And again, those, those numbers, they, they shift slightly downward a couple of months after, um, but not much. And then there are these other pieces that we see continuing and staying steady or, or, um, increasing from this last in this lasting change bucket. And those are things like, um, increased self-confidence. Uh, we, we see that they're, in both the campers, how they how they talk, and the the parent surveys that we've done too, they see an increased self confidence in in themselves or in their in their child. Um, that's one, and that's a big one. That's one that matters. Um, more frequent devotional practices is another piece we've seen. Increase in church attendance. Um, in increase in faith conversations and practices at home, which is part of that family impact that I talked about, right? It's these, it's these campers, they come home and they're like, Hey, we did this cool prayer. Could we do a prayer like that? Or, uh, whatever it might be, right? These practices that they kind of learned that they learned at camp, which, 
which is kind of an interesting shift that's happening in outdoor ministry right now. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more about that in a second. Um, but the, the last one too is um, this horizontal faith where we're talking about faith relevance to the rest of life. Those are some of the, those are some of the things that we see in the kind of lasting change bucket of things. So it's interesting that this, this at home piece is interesting because we know that's important. Nobody wants just the camp high. We want this to matter. We want to bring camp home and we want, you know, um, the shift that is happening. And this is connected of course, to the culture of church and, and faith right now mm-hmm. overall is similarly to how, ch- to how church, especially mainline churches were for so long, right back into the, you know, uh, early and mid 1900s and forward people were coming to church out of things like obligation slash, mm-hmm. this is just what we do, right? If you opened a church door, they would come, you built it, yep. they came. That is not the case right now, right? They are not. We're going the other direction. Things are shrinking and they're leaving. And, um, you know, when pandemic kicked a handful out the door and they're not coming back anywhere near as fast as as any pastor hopes, that's for sure. Um, and so um, so camp is uh, is and needs to make a shift here in, in connection and relation with this idea because more and more kids are coming to camp without a regular church attendance life. Um, and there are more and more coming to camp that have never darkened the door, right? And as we get even a few years down the down the road here, um, that's not that's not going to change. That's something that's going to increase because parents are still looking for these kinds of experiences and are even happy for them to be faith based experiences, not just because they saw the flyer at church. So, um, so camp is and needs to be shifting from. Um, assuming that everybody knows all these faith practices, that they're having all these conversations at home, that they're doing regular things like praying at meals and praying before bed and uh, going to church or going to, you know, some kind of other extracurricular faith-based activity, the assumption that that's happening. And then we just get to be part of that and sort of reinforce that at camp is, is different. Now they're coming without any kind of faith practices at home and they need to learn those for the first time at camp. We can't assume they know that prayer, the Lord's prayer that whatever it is. And so they're learning some of those things. Um, camp is, is on the whole going to need to do a little bit of shifting to foundational faith formation, foundational practices over the next few years, because more and more of these kids are coming without a, a regular weekly faith connected experience. Yeah. It sounds like, you, well, you already kind of answered my next question because it seems like the, that it used to be that probably camp would be considered additional to what was already going on in a local congregation. Whereas today it has to be foundational because not every kid comes from a church background. And so you have to kind of really ground them in the faith. Mm -hmm. And there's opportunity. That's part of why there's such, such opportunity. That's part of why, you know, Jake and I and, um, and a couple others on the team are so excited because it there is a bit of a crux for outdoor ministry right now. There's a bit of a of a point here where there is opportunity to make a big to make a big impact because, like I said, the data is showing some of those lasting impact things. More you know, interested in worship services, having faith conversations at home, that kind of stuff can impact the other direction. Right? It's not just that those things are feeding are feeding church. The other way can happen, and if we're if we're good in our partnerships with churches and good about equipping faith formation at home, now we're actually having the impact that, that we want. People might start going to these churches now that, oh, that was really neat. I didn't know that's what it was going to be like. All I knew was that 
was that church brought a lot of baggage to the world and, uh, you know, or, or whatever it is. Um, and so they're, they're able to have some of these, some of these experiences that can maybe, can maybe change some perceptions a little bit where now they might be interested in, in going or at least trying out a, a church that might do some things differently or, uh, or whatever it might be. So there's opportunity here, um, big time for outdoor ministry to impact those other faith formation spaces. Um, so does that also mean in some ways that the camp ministry is also doing more outreach because you have kids that don't come from necessarily start off with church backgrounds? Yeah, they, they have to. And, and, and lots are, yeah, they have to, right. Cause they're, they can't assume all our signups are coming because they saw that brochure at church and, you know, and they're going from there. Um, so part of that is just is entering entering these spaces where these parents and families themselves are finding these kinds of experiences, um, whether that's through you know community connections, their own their own marketing, their own storytelling out in you know doing a really good job with their websites, doing a really good job in social media spaces, um, doing a really good job telling telling stories and encouraging their their participants to bring a friend, you know, whether they build that into bring a friend discounts to their, to their registration models or, um, or getting, getting more and more creative. We're seeing some of this, I think getting more and creative with the, with the places that they're, that they're connecting, not necessarily just saying, well, we have these 50 member churches and that's where everything is going to come from one way or the other. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. Uh, I think that's a shift that has just started that will will almost surely need to need to continue. I think kind of uh, one question kind of to wrap things up is where is where do you think camp ministry itself is headed ten years down the road? Um, what how will the changes kind of in the wider culture um, influence camp ministry? Good question, um, and I. I my, my gut reactions are that we, and we talked about some of this, that, um, that one, I camp will not just be an extension of church or a group of churches. Um, it will, uh, it will kind of feed, feed back and forth, um, and, and need to be connected to other kinds of organizations, um, other kinds of, of constituencies, other kinds of groups, um, that's one too. And we hit this again too. I think, I think it will become more diverse. Um, I think it, it has to, um, I think it will, you know, who sort of who is coming and, and these families and who they are and how they think and, and all of that will shift. Um, mm. I think it will, I think it will follow that. Um, I think it will uh, still be thriving overall because of uh, what it, it continues to feel like parents and families are looking for the kinds of experiences that they are looking for um, are, have not stopped to be, to be important. And I, and I think will actually increase because of the, because of the unique kinds of experiences that they have. Um, and that there is again, some real, some opportunity there to, um, to connect outside of just this, you know, this church and, and fed by church. I also think, um, think our, our partnerships will get better. We'll get less transactional. Um, and you know, here's, this is sort of our member church and, and back and forth. They're going to need to get a lot more relational and a lot more, um, a lot more, more creative in their, in their partnerships and what those look like. 
in, you know, in getting, in getting camp leaders out to those places for more than just a, Hey, we're doing camp this summer, come to camp. Um, and to be connected in a more regular way with those ministries, partnerships are going to be really important. And, and like I said, I don't think it's going to be just with churches. I think there are going to be more, uh, more partnerships with, with other kinds of places that will, that will make a big difference. Um, I, I think too, that while for, for a lot of these, the foundation will continue to be kids Mm -hmm. that family ministry, um, will, will be important and spaces for adults to, to retreat and connect, um, will continue to be, they've, they've been important, but they'll continue to be important. Um, going forward. So, so those are a few. So if people want to know more about, um, what's going on, where should they look? And I know you've kind of already mentioned a little bit about the secret grounds podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. where should people go? Yeah, some things they can do. Uh, yes, one website, sacredplaygrounds.com. Um, that's there. We just kind of launched an, a new like services landing page as we've mm-hmm. honed in on. All right, here's here's the main stuff we're doing right now because we're what we're hearing with with camp leaders and so camp leaders, church leaders, uh, other of those connected ministries. That's those are a good spot. Um, sacredplaygrounds.com, sacredplaygrounds.com/slash/services are. Uh, some places they can go see what's going on. All the research projects are there are there as well. So um, you can see the findings from all of it. It's all out there. The effective camp project, the camp to congregation day camp project, um, the camp and church leadership project that kind of went around around clergy and call and influences on call. Um, that that's got and a lot of these have really easy, quick fact. Download one thing and see some of the some of the findings. And so those are all at sacredplaygrounds.com. Um, uh, Facebook and Instagram are the social spaces that we're spending the most time in. And so connecting out there is, is great. Um, you know, we're putting out research samples and telling stories and, and things like that out there. The podcast has been so fun. So every couple of weeks we, you know, we drop a podcast and we, we talk about, we talk about kind of one main thing going on in outdoor ministry. And that might be off of some research or that might be off of, um, you know, just something that's, that's going on right now might be a, a connected to, something going on in the world, whatever it might be. But we try to, we, we, we unpack one, one thing and use a, use a, a research and, and numbers lens to, again, that's one of the places where those numbers turn into stories. And so, so we, yeah, we do that podcast um, that I get to host and, and Jake and I uh, talk through there for 30, 40 minutes uh, on an episode. And so, um, so that's a, that's a fun way to hear, to hear some of that. So those are the, those are the main spots. Those are the the main spaces and and folks can connect and reach out if, if they're connected to, you know, their camp kind of person or or staff member, or they're connected to one. Um, We're doing, we're doing projects both with like individual camps, right. To learn sort of, you know, for an individual camp to learn more about their particular space and, and a handful with, with different, you know, groups of camps and um, you know, a big group of denominations or, or what it might be, whatever it might be. So those are some spots. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jared. This has been helpful. I'm, um, and I think um, it's a great way for people to know about this aspect of ministry that I think a lot of people don't yet know, and but and also don't know the impact that it has on the lives of both um, youth and adults. So, thank you for taking the time. Ma'am. Thank you, sir. Good to All chat. Right.
I hope that you enjoyed this episode and enjoy talking to Jared. There are some links to some important um, uh, things, such as uh, kind of the story that I got concerning the uh, Effective Church uh, project, which was actually put out by Sacred Playgrounds, as you know. Um, links to the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. Um, and also a video that I thought might be worthwhile to see from the Dakota and Minnesota's Conference of the United Methodist Church about the importance of their camp ministry program. So um, before we go, a note about the podcast. As I said in, in the previous episode, uh, my podcast host, which was Sounder, is closing up shop. Um, they are doing, um, they are not going to know, no longer going to be doing podcast hosting. They're doing other audio work, but podcast hosting has come to an end. So because of this, I've moved um, the podcast over to Substack. Um, if you've already subscribed to this podcast, then you don't have to do anything. You'll still get uh, the same episodes as usual. Um that said, I'm going to be trying to put more written content on the site. Um, there, I'm still trying to also figure out if I want to um, have a paywall of some type. Um, obviously, this podcast will still be available, um, but there might be extra bonus content. We'll, we'll see. As I said in the last episode, that's not going to happen right away. Um, I still have actually the um, podcast page website up, at least for the time being, so that if you want to um, you know, look at the uh, podcast from there and also uh, make a donation, you can go to churchandmain.org. Uh, um, if you want to check things out at Substack, uh, go to churchandmain, all one word, dot substack.com. So that is it for this episode of Church and Main. Um, I'm Dennis Sanders, your host. We will be back very soon with a new episode. Um, and again, have a good Thanksgiving, have a safe holiday, and we will see you soon. Take care and Godspeed.